Our guest today has had quite the journey to get to where he is today. As an athlete growing up, he struggled with identity issues like so many of us do in sports today. As a college football player, he suffered a serious injury that changed the course of his experience in college. And now as a pastor, he leads a congregation of believers close to Louisville, Kentucky, and has a passion for filmmaking. So much so that he directs Christian movies that thousands, if not millions of people have seen as a way of sharing the gospel as part of their church outreach. Today we talk with Tyler Sansom, lead pastor for First Capital Christian Church, Church Anywhere, and a filmmaker for First Capital Films. The reason I wanted to have Tyler on today was first because he was an athlete and he brings a great perspective on showing Christ through athletics, but also because his new movie, I Can, is coming out this fall. This movie, based on a true story of a family in his congregation, it looks so good and so inspiring, and it's actually the first movie dedicated to the sport of softball. The trailer looks so great, and I'll definitely make sure to put the link in the description for that. Throughout this conversation, you'll learn more about all of his movies, his experiences as an athlete, and so much more about him. But for now, let's get into it today. Welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and today we get to talk to Tyler Sansom. Tyler, thank you so much for coming on today, sir. How are you doing? I am doing well, man. I'm excited to be on here. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about today. It's going to be it's been a really great conversation. But as we do kick it off, can you please just give us some background on your walk with Christ and in sports? So I grew up um, in Huntington, West Virginia. So if you're familiar with the movie We Are Marshall, that was my hometown. Wow. Um, And it's pretty much exactly like it is in the movie. Like everything shuts down to go to Marshall football games. I was born and raised to bleed green and (laughs) watch uh, Marshall football and basketball and all that good stuff. So from an early age, I um, I grew up in church, um, but I was also um, very, very heavily involved in in sports um, from like pre-elementary school on. Uh, so went to a country country church and uh, it was mostly like family and friends there. Uh, it's kind of what you think of when you think of um, like old West Virginia country church. That's exactly <laughs> where I grew up. Um, it was uh, like a like a painted white with the steeple right across from my grandma's house kind of thing. Um, so that was my upbringing. Uh, we were very much a sports family. Everyone played watched all the time. I can't remember a time where, um, we didn't have sports on my wife jokes with me now. I never watched Disney movies and stuff like that. I was always watching sports center and that kind of thing. So, uh, my life goal really was to play football in, in, in college, which is funny. Cause I'm like uh, very undersized. I'm five foot eight. And I, I was like 150 pounds soaking wet in high school. Um, but I, I was I was blessed with a lot of speed, so uh, God made me to be really fast. Um, and uh, all throughout my career, uh, that was an advantage. I played quarterback um, up until my sophomore year of high school, and at that point, I was five foot eight. Um, so I was very tall in middle school, and then I stopped growing for three years. And I'm still now at 30, five foot eight. So at that point, I realized, um, hey, if you want to make it, you probably need to stop playing quarterback and switch to something else. And because I was fast, I switched to um, slot receiver. 
So um, think Wes Welker, Danny Amendola type type player. Um, ended up setting a bunch of records at my high school um, for touchdowns, catches, that kind of thing. Um, and had had 13 football scholarship offers coming out of um, high school from uh, as uh, big of a school as Bowling Green, so like a low-level Division One, all the way down to NAIs. Um, and all that time, I, I was in, in the youth group um, at church, still went to church, that kind of thing. I just... I. I wasn't sold out. Um, I didn't. I didn't really take my faith that seriously. I was. I would have said I was a believer in Christ. I had given my life to Him, uh, been baptized, but I would not have considered myself a follower at that point. Um, and I think that's probably pretty common for a lot of people, um, specifically in the sports world. Uh, I don't remember how many times we would do the Lord's Prayer and everybody's like all jacked up for Jesus um, right before the football game. And then we would do anything but look like a Christ follower on the field. And afterwards, that was my life. Um, so after high school, I went to West Virginia State University. And I went there because one of my best friends growing up, our goal was to play together in college. And that was one of the places he got a scholarship as well. So we went there, we were rooming together. And um, during the, my first year on campus, I broke my neck. Um, in a scrimmage game and I was going across the middle they threw a ball really high I went up and, and caught it and just got obliterated and uh, they thought it was a concussion at the time later found out it was a, a fracture of c4 and c5 on my my neck and so I was out for the year um, big big loss there that, that's what I've been working my entire life for um, and then I transferred to a, a different school to try to get a fresh start uh, but it happened to be a uh, NAI school that still honored me with a scholarship, but it was a Christian school. And it was there that I really started to see a shift happen in my faith. Uh, my coach at the time there had just got out of the NFL, and um, he played the same position that I played in, in um, the NFL. So this guy I really wanted to play for. But what I didn't expect was for this to be like the first person that I really got to see that wasn't a pastor that every aspect of his life looked like following Jesus. And it was very attractive. Um, it was a guy I wanted to be like, uh, looked up to. And so he was really instrumental. He probably doesn't even know how instrumental he was in shaping um, my desire to be all in with Jesus. Um, and um, he had a conversation with me that led me to going into full-time ministry. So I've been in full-time ministry now for the last 10 years. Um, so my college college playing kind of stopped, but then I shifted focus to, to more ministry. Yeah. Holy cow. That's, that's so many ups and downs in that journey. But I think the first thing that I, that really stuck out to me, uh, was something that you mentioned about, you know, you prayed before games and then go on the field and act not like a Christian. And I relate with that. I relate to that so much because, you know, in a high, in high school, I was like praying over the team and then going onto the field and just not acting at all. Like, <laughs> like, a, like, you know, yeah. how a Christian should act playing sports. Right. How, how was your relationship with sports growing up? Was it, would you define it as like toxic or would you say like it was unhealthy or what would you say about that? I think I, looking back on it now, so with, with um, not rose-colored glasses and, like, fresh, fresh eyes, um, it, was, it was a false idol in my life. But it was so common where I was from and, like, the family that I grew up in that none of us could have seen it as that at the time. It was just what we did. But now realizing um, 
like by reading like things from Paul and, and Peter within the new Testament of what it really looked like to be sold out completely and content in your identity in Christ. Um, like that was not me growing up. And I still fall into that sometimes. Like my wife and I still watch baseball every, every night. Like, <laughs> like we're still like obsessed with sports, but we do it in like a healthy, this is for fun way, not in a healthy, this is who I am kind of way or an unhealthy way like that. Yeah. And there's such a, a fine balance with that too. And when you got injured, did that really shake your identity in a way? Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Like the, I, <laughs> my wife was valedictorian in high school. We didn't go to school together or anything, but, um, she was the valedictorian of a large, large high school in Indianapolis. And, um, like still had to pay for school, didn't get a full ride scholarship. And I always tell her I, I like majored in football in high school and like got all of my school paid for. Uh, and she gets so mad about that. But that was who I was. I didn't care about grades um, or any of that stuff. I had interests outside of football. I, I loved music. I loved um, photography, filmmaking, all that stuff. But um, to me, that was like football or bust. So when that's taken away, you have a huge identity crisis of man, who am I then? If I'm not um, a football player, if I, if I spent my entire life training for this moment, it's gone now, what am I? And I had to really wrestle through that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's so common today with, with injuries, you know, somebody gets injured and maybe they can't even play ever again. And they're just kind of lost. They, they, they didn't know who they were. And think about it through the lens of like when you're most susceptible for formations like that post high school, like 18 to 20 year old range, you're, you're like a sponge at that point. It's almost like you're back to being like a five year old where you're like a, like uh, retaining all this information that you didn't have any experience to. And that was like the exact time that I went through that. Um, so it could have gone like really bad or really good, but there wasn't going to be much of a neutral there. That's so true. That is so true. And how how did you just mention your college coach uh, that you had to play under? How did that relationship affect how you viewed sports and how you viewed God? He was unlike any coach that I'd played for in, in the sense of he was not going to do to tell us to do anything that he wouldn't do. Granted, he was like 35 and in the best shape of anybody on the team because he was a like 10 year NFL vet. But but like to to have a coach yell at you to go run laps versus having a coach like lead you in running laps, um, it didn't necessarily shape my view of God, but it really shaped my leadership style. So now 10, uh, 10 years into my ministry career as a lead pastor of a church, I'm very much the type of leader that is like, hey, guys, follow me and I'll be the first through the line rather than that like CEO model of looking down from a tower saying, Hey, go do this. So he shaped that big time for me. My view of sports shifted a little bit because even though he had been successful on the ultimate stage, um, I watched the way that he loved his wife and the way that he parented his kids. And that was just, it was something to strive for, even if he wasn't an NFL player. Like if you just looked at that guy and how he lived his life, it didn't matter what he did. You just wanted to be like that. And so that's, that's really the, the big shaping that, that he had was that, that ex- living by example kind of thing. As you've, you know, you've pastored a church for nearly a decade now, what are, what are some things that you've learned as an athlete that you carried over to your career as a pastor? Yeah, so I've only been the lead pastor for two years now, um, which is it's a newer, newer thing. I was a worship pastor for a while and, and some other um, types of pastors for a while, like associate level. Um, 
And I was blessed to go to a church that the old senior pastor was also a two-time national champion basketball coach at the NAIA level. Um, so we, we pretty much had the same wavelength of personality type. Um, and so I learned how to pastor like you would coach a team, basically, um, which was just a, like a fresh, unique way of doing it. Um, he, he, always, he always called our church the locker room, so he would give pep talks so that people could go out in the community and play the actual game. And so like sports still continued to be kind of a part of even within the ministry. And so I carried over a lot of that idea of like locker room is where you game plan, but the real stuff happens outside of the locker room. That's how I lead the church. Like we're not super focused on our weekend services. We're focused on loving our community and being involved outside of the locker room. And so I learned that from sports, but also from the old senior pastor as well. Mm. So obviously you are a pastor and you're a former athlete, but one thing that's really cool is that you make Christian movies and even, you know, some based on sports. So how and when did you start making films? Um, when I was five, I fell in love with movies. Um, specifically, I remember <laughs> I remember my coach in Little League football went and saw Remember the Titans and came back and told all of our team, hey, you need to go see this. And I loved it so much that my cousins and I started taking my dad's VHS tape recorder and trying to recreate Remember the Titans. Now, what's <laughs> funny about that is we're a bunch of like short, five-year-old white kids from West Virginia making a, <laughs> a movie about racial reconciliation. Um, but I, since I can remember, I've always loved the arts, loved filmmaking, music, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's actually what I studied in college was, was filmmaking and audio engineering. So I didn't study ministry in college. Um, but whenever uh, I went into full-time ministry, I always kind of had in the back of my mind, knew that there was going to be some opportunity to reach people for the gospel through the the media. I just didn't know what that would look like. Um, and then several years later, as a church, we decided to do the crazy thing of trying to make a movie and see if we could reach people for the gospel. And we did. And so now we've, we've made three of them, and each one has gotten um, better quality and bigger releases. And this is our first one coming out this summer that will be out nationally in theaters. So it's pretty exciting. Wow. Yeah, that's so exciting. How have you seen God work through this sector of ministry? Like, how have you seen people come to Christ through these movies? Yeah, the the, the coolest way was uh, we made a we made a sports movie. Our second film was called A Father's Fight, and it was a boxing film. Um, it's not the greatest film you'll ever watch, but uh, it's 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 a like well made movie. So. Um, what was cool was that it's not a uh, beat you over the head with the Bible kind of film. It's very gritty and realistic to what people are going through, but there's no like big come to Jesus moment at the end. And yet God used that in a huge way to lead people to Jesus in, in uh, jails and prisons. Mm. So we actually decided to release that film um, in every prison in the state of Indiana prior to it coming out in theaters so like our world premiere was in uh, all these like detention centers and we ended up baptizing 35 guys the first week um, because we sent representatives all over the state to be there when it released. And guys were just saying like, hey, I'd never heard the gospel like that before. Like I'd never heard about Jesus in terms that we can relate to. And that's when we really knew there was something to this whole movie making thing. And being a sports guy, two of the three films that we've made are, are sports films. Um, 
But yeah, so we've seen him work in a crazy ways like that um, all over the world. So um, literally thousands of people have made decisions for Christ through that film, The Father's Fight, from as close as um, southern Indiana, where I'm at right now, all the way to Uganda, Africa. Um, and it's just it's been incredible to watch happen. When did you decide as a pastor that you wanted to start doing this? Like, what was that conversation like when you brought it up to your church body? <laughs> so... Part, a unique thing about the church that I am at now, outside of the the, the um, fact that our senior pastor before me was a college basketball coach, um, is that we are in a dead end street, um, basically on like the wrong side of town, like we're away from uh, where everything's growing, and our town's only thirty one hundred people, so we are we're about thirty minutes. Um, the church is about thirty minutes from Louisville, Kentucky, so we're close to a big city, but we are on like the outskirts. But our church is like a thousand people out of the 3,100 people in the town. It's like a super unique situation. Um, back in 2015, though, we were growing at a rapid pace and we didn't have anywhere to put people. But because we we're such a large church in such a small town, we also didn't have anyone that could possibly buy our building. Like there wasn't another church that could buy ours so we could move. So we had to make the decision. Um, we were either going to have to do like a million services or we could try to grow in a unique way. And we chose online. So way before COVID, way before all the, all the churches were doing online stuff, we dove into trying to figure out how to reach people online, get them in groups and Bible studies and all that stuff. So I actually became a full-time online pastor for the church, um, and that's what I did until I became the lead pastor. Back in 2017, we uh, had a conversation as uh, an online team and just said, hey, people are watching like six to eight hours of content every day. Why can't we speak into that. And that's where my filmmaking background and love for films uh, kind of merged. And we saw an opportunity to do ministry. So when we pitched it to our people, it wasn't that crazy because we'd already been doing a lot of online ministry. It was just a new way of doing it. Um, and then each film has just progressively grown to get more and more people involved. Wow. And then when COVID happened, I'm sure you were like, well, nothing really changes. <laughs> yeah. So that was, it was interesting because we had been doing it for so long and not that many people had that like myself and a handful of um, people around the country that like uh, were in the face group book group together, we ended up like consulting with hundreds of churches. I, I ended up doing like 72 churches in 2020, just helping them like get online. Um, so what I thought was kind of like the ugly redheaded stepchild of ministry ended up God using it to um, help people in that time of need, which is kind of cool. Wow, that is that is really cool. And I, I want to go back to uh, A Father's Fight, the the first sports movie that you made. What was the hardest? I well, actually, first of all, I saw your cameo in that. I actually just recently watched that. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, what was the hardest part about tying in boxing with this man's struggle with? I mean, he had so many problems with alcoholism, religion, and like even family dynamics. Yeah, we, um, it was interesting. The opening scene of that movie is like at a kid's baseball game and he shows up drunk. That actually happened in my life. Like wow. I, I remember that when I was a kid, a dad showing up in that way. And for some reason, like there's the, you, you know how it is. Like there's those moments that like stick with you forever. That was one of them. Cause I remember the police coming and having to like, remove him from the game for some reason that stuck with me so I worked with our script writer and I was like here's the basis for how I want to start this thing let's just go from there um, and it ended up being about a boxer be just simply because we liked boxing um, but we wanted to make it as gritty and relatable as possible so there's not a lot of Christian films that deal with alcoholism that deal with um, spousal abuse that kind of thing 
And we knew that the clientele that we were trying to reach were inmates. So we weren't going to sugarcoat anything. Those guys have seen a lot. Um, so we, we strove to make, um, a, a realistic type of film. And obviously like we had limitations simply for like budget and, um, like you have to be able to actually get it on streaming platforms. So they tell you a few things that you can and can't do. Um, but I was pretty happy with how we were able to wrestle with the tension of like real world situations and implementing the gospel in those uh, throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, you could definitely tell the grittiness uh, and just the the real life that's in that film because, yeah, there's a lot of um, real life topics, I should say, uh, in that one. But the new one uh, called I Can, it looks amazing. I watched the preview a couple of times already. What was the inspiration behind making this new one? One of the things that came out of a father's fight was that we decided as a church we were only going to make films that were based on true stories of people within our congregation. So we'll make like other types of like shorter projects, but like the feature ones um, that we're going to make are based out of redemption stories from people we know. And there just happened to be a family, um, also a big sports family, um, that I connected with because of my love of sports. And the more I heard their story, the more I really wanted to tell it in a movie format. But basically the, uh, the mom and dad got together out of an affair. They were married to other people. They conceived a child out of wedlock while married to other people, and she was born with one arm. So they divorced their spouses, and they tried to get together, and it was just a lot of turmoil earlier in their marriage. And the turmoil really stemmed from this like kind of massive amount of shame that they put on themselves um, and guilt from what they did, thinking that that is what caused their daughter to have one arm. Um, so the kid grows up and becomes a full-ride scholarship college softball player and an All-American in college, playing center field with one arm. And uh, throughout the movie, we show this redemption arc of the parents learning that even though they made a huge mistake, God actually used that to be the biggest blessing that they ever had. And that's a relatable story to anyone. You might not have a kid with one arm, but we all have crap in our past that we like have really messed up. God can and will redeem that if you just allow him. So that's the story we told mm. through this film. Wow. It's also the first ever softball movie. So <laughs> that is that's even cooler. <laughs> what that's that's an amazing. I cannot wait to watch that. And I encourage literally everybody listening to this to go check it out. Uh, Tyler, when does it come out, and when or where can people see it? And just give me all the info. It will be out in theaters this uh, really late summer, so likely August September. Um, and you can find out more information about that at iCanMovie.info. Um, if you go on there and hit join the team, you'll be the first people to know when it comes out in theaters. After that, though, it'll be on all the streaming platforms, be everywhere. I'm really looking forward to that one. But Tyler, thank you for your time today. I have one more question uh, before I let you go. Obviously, you've made movies not based on sports, but how do you feel like God has used sports around you to reach people that otherwise you would never encounter? And we already touched on this a little bit with you know inmates and families that are within your congregation, but how have you just seen that play out around you? Yeah, so several several ways that I, throughout my life. Uh, I think back through like different teammates that I've had, um, and, and now um, being a pastor, like th- even the teammates that aren't currently believers, being able to see what God has changed in my life from who I used to be to who I am now, I still get people from even high school and in um, college that will contact me with like life questions 
or like when they're going through a hard time and ask me to pray for them. And so who knows if that's ever going to lead them to coming to Christ, but just the fact that we had that connection through sports and that brotherhood that comes with being on a team allows them to trust me to speak into their life spiritually. Um, so the connections that sports makes are like second to none. Like uh, being on a team with somebody is as close as you can get to being family with somebody. So that's that's one of the ways. I still play a lot of sports. I still play competitive softball and basketball and all that kind of stuff. So I use it as a mission field um, right now, um, really to uh, to meet new people and kind of show them a different way to live. It's really modeling what my coach modeled for me um, back in the day. I get to kind of do that for, for younger guys now. Wow. Yeah. Th- Tyler, thank you so much for coming on today. It was a real honor to talk with you and you know, what you're doing with filmmaking and leading a church is just so inspirational for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just thank you so much for your time today. Man, I, I really appreciate you having me. This was, this was fun. All right. Well, for all of our listeners out there, please remember to share this episode and subscribe to the show. It helps us more than you know. Also, make sure to go check out the new movie, I Can. I'll make sure to put the link in the description for the trailer uh, and definitely go see it when it, when it comes out this fall. If you don't get anything else from this, just remember this. Jesus loves you, and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to you all next time.